0: Hey guys, welcome back to India Unchained. This is Neeraj, your host, and today I will be narrating to you stories about the propaganda in the legislatures of the government of India in and around the year 1892. So listen in. The Indian Council's Act of 1861 gave more power for the Governor-General's Executive Council. He could now add from 6 to 12 members to the Executive Council. This council was famously known as the Imperial Legislative Council because it had literally no powers. It could not discuss any bills or budget or any measure without the previous approval of the government. Moreover, the council only met for 25 days a year till 1892. The government of India remained an alien despot. The Secretary of State for India, Charles Wood, famously said, All experience teaches us that where a dominant race rules another, the mildest form of government is despotism. The despotism controlled from home remained the fundamental feature of the government of India till 15th August 1947. Now you might be wondering whether there were any Indians in the government of India at all? Actually, there were. But then what was their role? The government had decided to add them to represent the views of the Indian masses and their emotions. but the council did not serve this purpose between 1862 to 1892 only 45 indian members were nominated who were these people who were representing the indian views on that council they were princes of states maharajas or their employees big samindars big merchants or retired indian officials these people did not have any clue to the views of the general mass. Only a handful of political leaders and individual intellectuals were nominated. Syed Ahmed Khan, Christodas Pal, V. N. Mandlik, K. L. Nalkar and Raj Bihari Ghosh were among these. There is an interesting story of Raja Digvijay Singh of Balarampur who did not understand English and upon being asked how did he understand what was being discussed or voted for in the council, he said he only saw the viceroy and if the viceroy raised his hand to vote for something, then so did he. Now let's dig deeper into understanding certain issues that came across to this council. The issue of enhancement of salt tax came to the council and the Indian representation on the council was poor. Only one person attended the session and he voted for it. Can you imagine? This was against what the people wanted. The early nationalists demanded self-governance but were very cautious in putting their step forward. This is because they believed that the government might declare their activities as seditious and brand them as disloyal. Till 1892, the demand was limited to the expansion and reform of the legislative councils. This forced the government to make some changes in the legislative functioning by introducing the Indian Councils Act of 1892 the number of members representing the people increased to 10 to 16 the members could now discuss on the budget but were not given the power to either vote on it or amend it the reformed council met for 13 days in a year and the indian representation was only 5 out of the 24 till 1909 this reformed act left the nationalists completely dissatisfied and a feeling of mockery of their demands arose the nationalists demanded more powers to the unofficial elected members especially voting rights and raised the slogan of no taxation without representation the new councils attracted some of the most prominent nationalist leaders like Kali Charan Banerjee, Ananda Mohan Bose, Surendranath Banerjee, Lal Mohan Ghosh, W.C. Bonerjee and Rash Bihari Ghosh from Bengal. P. Ananda Charlu, C. Sankara Nair, and Vijaya, Vijaya Raghavachariyar from Madras, Madan Mohan Malvia, Ayodhya Nath and Bisham nam from Uttar Pradesh, BG Tilak, Firosha Shah Mehta, RM Sayani, Chimanlal Setalwad, NG Chandravarkar, and GK Gokhale from Bombay and GM Chitnavis from Central Provinces were some of the congressmen who served as members of the provincial or central legislative councils from 1893 to 1909. The two men who were most responsible for putting the councils to good use and introducing a new spirit in them were Firosha Mehta and Gopal Krishna Gokhale. Both became famous for being fearlessly independent and the better noy of British officialdom in India. Now, guys, let us talk more on the life of these two gentlemen, as most of Indian legislature revolved around them. Ferocia Mehta was born in 1845 in Bombay, and came under the influence of Dadabai Naroji while studying law in London during the 1860s. From about the mid of 1890s till his death in 1915. He was a dominant figure in Indian politics as he was one of the founding members of the Indian National Congress. His first major intervention in the Imperial Legislative Council came in January 1895 on a bill for the amendment of the Police Act of 1861. He pointed out that the measure was an attempt to convict and punish individuals without a judicial trial under the garb of preserving law and order. He argued in a bold and lucid way. Nobody today would consider these remarks very strong or censorious, but they were like a bomb being hurled at the ranks of the civil servants back then Mehta won the instant approval of political Indians even of his political opponents like Tilak. The educated Indians and higher education were major bugbears of the imperialist administrators. The government said they are looking for ways and means of cutting down higher education because it was producing discontented and seditious Babus. Mehta immediately took to take on the government on the hidden motives of this move, indicating that they wanted lesser educated Indians just to bring them under their thumb. In another instance, the official officialdom blamed the Indian peasants' poverty and indebtedness on his propensity to spend recklessly on marriages and festivals. They tried to move a bill to prevent peasants from bartering their land for few joyful moments. Mehta opposed this bill on the grounds that there are but very few moments of brightness in their life. When the government tried to push through this bill using their official majority, Mehta along with Gokhale, G.K. Parekh, Balchandra Krishna and D.A. Khare, took the unprecedented step of organizing the first walkout in India's legislative history. Mehta retired from the Imperial Legislative Council in 1909-01 due to bad health. Gokhale, a 35-year-old nationalist, got elected in his place. G.K. Gokhale was one was an outstanding intellectual. He had received training on Indian economy by Justice Ranade and G.V. Joshi. As a speaker, he was not an orator, but was gentle, reasonable and courteous. He relied primarily on detailed knowledge and logical marshalling and analysis of data. He was famously known for his speeches on budget and was reported extensively by the newspapers. He transformed the Legislative Council into an open university for imparting political education to the people. His first budget speech on 26 March 1902 established him as the greatest parliamentarian that India has ever produced. The keynote of his speech was the poverty of the people. The then finance member was being congratulated by others in the government for incurring rupees 7 crore surplus in the budget. Gokhale condemned this in his speech and refused to join in on the congratulations. He showed how land revenue and the salt tax had been going up even during the drought and famine times he asked to reduce these two taxes and raise the minimum level of income liable to tax to rupees thousand so that the lower middle classes are not harassed he also condemned the large expenditure on army and territorial expansion he concluded that the indian interests subordinate subordinated to those of the foreign interests this speech had an electrifying effect upon the people Gokhale remained unassuming and modest and did not take this deserved acclaim on his head instead he wrote to G V Joshi of course it is your speech more than mine and I almost feel I am practicing a fraud on the public in that i let all the credit for it come to me in the next 10 years gokhale scrutinized every annual budget highlighting the misery and poverty of peasants taxation of the poor the lack of welfare measures the efforts from officialdom to suppress freedom of press as an enslavement of indian laborers in british colonies and Neglection of industrial development. Such was the personality of Gokhale that he earned the title of the leader of the opposition. Gandhiji declared him as his political guru, and Tilak, his lifelong political opponent, said at his funeral, This diamond of India, this jewel of Maharashtra, this prince of workers, Is taking eternal rest on the funeral ground. Look at him and try to emulate him. I hope you enjoyed the contents of this episode. Now, you might be wondering why is this episode so short, right? Well, taking into account the feedback that we have received from you guys, we are limiting ourselves to the duration of about 15 minutes each episode i am happy to share with you that india unchained is now available on eight different listening platforms which includes spotify anchor google podcasts apple podcasts and others do help us in reaching out to a larger audience by sharing the link of this podcast in your network we request you to provide feedback on the quality of the episodes that we have published. The link to the feedback is in the description. We hope to catch up with you all in the next episode. Until then, take care, be safe, goodbye.